Holy Land, USA. Most people, when they come off 84, you know, they say, oh yeah, the city with the large cross on top of the hill. So it really is iconic of Waterbury. In the river valley, just below the iconic cross, are relics of the brass city's heyday, acres of abandoned industrial buildings. Connecticut wants to flip these factories. I'm Ebong Udama, WSHU senior political reporter. I try to make sense of local and national policy by talking to the people who are directly involved. Next, on Capitol Avenue, we look at how Connecticut tries to attract new business to its former manufacturing towns. And they're trying to do this by revamping a 35-year-old law. People would look at it, quite frankly, and say, is this a transfer property? And if they got an affirmative answer, probably 50% of them would walk away. In September, the legislature met in a special session and amended the Transfer Act. The hope is that this will expedite real estate transactions in blighted neighborhoods. In this um, very strange COVID world where we have a great number of inbound inquiries into the state of Connecticut, um, and the whole um, horizon of workplaces are changing so rapidly that it it blunts, quite frankly, the Achilles that this state has had previously, um, where we were always kind of competing with, you know, the big guys, you know, north and south, uh, New York, metropolitan uh, area, and Boston. People want uh, a quality of life, a smaller community. Um, they do not want to have those dense transportation systems, and so they're singing our song. It's going to take some time. At a minimum, a year, probably a couple of years, to really develop working uh, regulations. That's Andrew Davis, an attorney who represents property owners and developers. He says the Transfer Act has bogged down the market for decades. It takes a really long time to get out of the program once you're in the program. Basically, the Transfer Act affects all former industrial properties. The owners would have to prove that their land was not contaminated with chemicals or dangerous metals before they could sell. That has become very expensive. It takes time, it takes money, and it becomes a very sticky deal point between buyers and sellers and, and banks as to who's going to do it seller, buyer, uh, and who's going to pay for it. Governor Nedlemont says Connecticut is one of only two states that have this particular law. We've had this um, clumsy, clunky, slow-moving transfer act dating back to the mid-80s. And over three-plus decades, the law has gone through some changes, but still. That led to great disputes and made it impossible to transfer a lot of properties. Meanwhile, other states have been able to move their residential and commercial property to market in a much more efficient way than Connecticut. Lamont says the amendment he's signed will make the Transfer Act work and eventually phase it out over time. It sort of shifts some of the uh, responsibility instead of being a guilty until proven innocent. Will the clerk please call... Emergency Certified Bill Number 7001. Emergency Certification Bill Number 7001, an act revising provisions of the Transfer Act and authorizing the development and implementation of a release-based remediation program. Right now, the state assumes all former industrial sites are contaminated. Remember, guilty until proven innocent, as Lamont put it. That means the owner would have to prove that their property is clean. A release-based remediation program 
would change that. If a spill occurs, then you have an obligation to report it and an obligation to clean it up. That's Farmington State Representative Mike D'Amico. He spoke during the House debate on the amendment in the special session. He says the amendment would mean a cleanup happens immediately after a spill, instead of decades later when the property goes to market. The second part of the amendment limits what properties would be considered for remediation. Waterbury State Representative Stephanie Cummings says together the amendments overhaul decades of outdated regulations. This bill really seeks to strike a balance between removal of red tape that is plaguing all of our small businesses and making sure that we are protecting the environment. And they're striking while the iron is hot. They say the amendments are an opportunity to take advantage of a renewed interest by businesses to relocate from Boston and New York to Connecticut because of the COVID-19 pandemic. It's really prohibitive to making sure that these real estate properties get back on the market, get moving, um, and when out-of-state companies are looking to come and start a business in Connecticut, the Transfer Act is really prohibitive from starting a business. Coming up, how Waterbury hopes to use the revised law to help flip its former manufacturing sites. This property is obviously an old brownfield piece of property. It's been sitting here vacant for quite some time. So the Transfer Act will hopefully get this property back up and up in operation so it can be fully developed. My name is Charles Lane. I'm a reporter here at WSHU. Last summer, I started looking into the closing of a rundown motel in the Hamptons on Long Island. And... The deeper I dug, the more disturbing it became. What I found was a secret campaign to rid the Hamptons of the places where Latino immigrants lived. This campaign stretched from a small civic group through Southampton town government and all the way to the White House. The story is called Every Town. And you can listen by searching your podcast app for every town, or you can click the link in the show notes to this podcast. Acres of blighted old factory buildings run along the Mad River in Waterbury. The buildings are covered in graffiti. Windows are shattered. This is a former animate manufacturing complex that closed in 2000. State Senator Joan Hartley says it's a prime focus for revitalization. It wasn't too long ago when we were trying to site the cancer center, and we were looking to do it in the core of the city, and we were looking for a location. And they looked and looked and looked, and they came back and they said, oh no, there's, there's nothing. That exasperated her. I was like, what do you mean there's nothing? There's everything. There's so many things that are just shuttered. Of course there's something. But they didn't want to touch it. These are brownfields, former industrial sites that are thought to be contaminated with toxic chemicals and dangerous metals. There are at least 265 such abandoned industrial sites in the city waiting for a buyer. Hartley says this is not just a Waterbury problem. Stanford has the state's highest number of sites with nearly 400. There isn't a town that abuts us here in Waterbury that does not have transfer site locations. And in fact, in the whole state of Connecticut, out of the 169 towns, there's only 11 that do not have transfer act locations. Governor Ned Lamont used this former factory complex in Waterbury 
as the backdrop to push for the amendments to Connecticut's Transfer Act. I see reform of the Transfer Act is reform of this facility, an amazing city. Waterbury State Representative Ron Napoli stands outside the factory complex. The shadow of a massive industrial chimney covers him. So years ago, there was all kinds of uh, chemicals that were used here at these facilities, and especially here in Waterbury. We're, we're an old mill town, so we have a lot of abandoned sites that have that once had chemicals there. Um, this was the brass city of the world, so a lot of metals were made here and things like that. It's been sitting vacant for quite some time, so hopefully it'll be remediated and this entire neighborhood will be uplifted. Those metals and manufacturing chemicals now pollute the landscape. Today, under state supervision, the owner would need to spend a lot of money and years cleaning up the property before making a sale. With the amendments, the process might be fast-tracked. The Transfer Act will help get this site remediated as quickly as possible so it can be used for a hub for economic development. The state would certify private engineers and environmental firms to investigate the footprint of contamination on the property, Hardly says that would mean a problem at one corner wouldn't hold back the development of the rest of the property. For example, a strip mall. And in the strip mall, you have a whole panoply of different businesses. But you might have a printer in there, or you might have a jiffy lube in there. Napoli says this could help the state recover some of the 50,000 jobs lost during the COVID-19 pandemic. The Transfer Act has about 4,200 projects in the pipeline itself. So the faster we can get this done and get people back to work is really important for this state. Uh, there, there was a study done that said that this will create close to 7,000 direct jobs and 20,000 indirect jobs. So we think that this is a win-win for, for the economy and of course for the environment. Lamont says the amendments establish a clear set of standards for what needs to be remediated and help flip shuttered properties. Hartley hopes that the amendments will attract new industry to her city. We're the industrial northeast. We in Waterbury were the brass center of the world. So that speaks to what our legacy is. It's an industrial legacy. Not so fast. The devil's going to be in the details. That's Andrew Davis, an attorney who represents property owners and developers. The problem with the Transfer Act, and you saw it, we, we affectionately coined the term Hotel California. I don't know if you know the Eagles band. That song, you can try to check out any time you like, but you can never leave, is, is so true about the Transfer Act. Davis says he's had a client with sites that have been held up by the Transfer Act since 1999. 21 years ago. Even with the amendment, officials say Connecticut wouldn't have the resources and regulations for years to expedite the review of properties. But Davis is hopeful that Connecticut will take a model that has been successful in Massachusetts. Just as, a, as an example, in Connecticut, there's something like just north of 4,000 sites that are in the Transfer Act since 1985, and only about a quarter of them have been cleaned up. In Massachusetts, since I think about 1984, there's somewhere north of 48,000 sites that have gone, you know, like 10 times, more than 10 times the Connecticut numbers. David Lehman is in charge of economic development in Connecticut. He says it will take at least two years for the State Department of Energy and Environmental Protection to come up with new regulations. Hopefully, as we can look to Massachusetts as the example, you know, we're not recreating the wheel here. Connecticut does not have a framework to expedite remediation of brownfields. 
Lehman used to be a Wall Street banker. He says banks need the framework for owners to secure loans for those properties. Banks are going to understand uh, our policies and our framework, which is going to make them more likely, in my opinion, to lend money, um, hopefully at better rates. Uh, and then, it again, it reduces the uncertainty as it relates to the buyer, um, which may have to spend more money to clean up a property, and, and we're trying to get away from that. He says this would just be the beginning. I think you're going to see an immediate benefit where certain properties aren't going through the act, and that's going to provide a, a broader base of investors that will consider them. Uh, and then that the second phase is what's going to happen in the future, uh, and that's where I think you will see uh, even more benefit. That is in the future. There's no way to shorten that timeline. We do need to, to, to write regulations and you know, better now than, than later. Um, you know, we should have done this a while ago. If you ask Waterbury lawmakers, the amendments to the Transfer Act are the best thing in decades for the redevelopment of former industrial sites in the city. If you ask the Lamont administration, it's a job creator and business attractor to Connecticut. If you ask the property owners, it's a work in progress. Frankly, I have clients who say, I'm not buying another property in, in Connecticut. And these are real estate investment trusts or uh, you know, large investment houses who have said, we're just not going to play in the Connecticut real estate space until somebody fixes this transfer act because it's a nightmare. Again, the goal is to get rid of the transfer act, but we're not there yet. This is Capital Avenue from WSHU Public Radio, making sense of local and national policy by talking to the people who are directly involved. If you care about our community, tell people about our local news. Spread the word by rating us on your podcasting app. If you're listening on NPR One, press the interesting button on the top right corner. This episode of Capital Avenue was produced by J.D. Allen. WSHU's web editor is Dave Eisenstatter. Terry Sheridan is WSHU's news director. And Tom Kuzer is WSHU's program director. I'm Ebon Udama. Thanks for listening. Until next time.